Hey, what's up, guys? Nick here. Kind of an impromptu episode this week. James and I were invited to collaborate on a YouTube industrial design community video. So there's a bunch of, actually, there's not too many. There's a few industrial designers on YouTube, and they're trying to grow the community. So we thought we would help out and help promote some of the other awesome industrial design channels on YouTube. And, you know, we're honored that we're, we're included in that group. So uh, you can find links to all of the YouTubers in the description. Um, and if you aren't checking this one out on YouTube, this is probably the one to check out on YouTube. Um, and, yeah, you guys know the rest of the deal. Subscribe. Uh, also follow on Spotify. Uh, like. Uh, give us five stars on the Apple Podcast. And join the Discord. There's some fun questions for this episode, so we want to hear your thoughts on these questions. Oh, also shout out to our awesome promotional partner, Let's Design Daily. Uh, we appreciate their promotion every week, and they post amazing design work from designers across the world. And yeah, uh, let's let's uh, hear it from Kyoshi the Kid for our intro. Hope you enjoy. Minor Details. I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we are two designers across the country. Sweating the small stuff. Man, how you been? Oh, you know. It's, uh, there's nothing there's nothing big. There's no there's no like big news on my end of things. Well, I I think last time I mean it's been a while since we caught up, and obviously you've had a life a changing event in in your uh, family so let's hear it yeah we uh we added a third well actually a fourth if we uh consider our cat a third <laughs> um but uh yeah about i guess two weeks ago um a little more than two weeks ago uh our daughter was born so congrats man thank you very much um so it's it's been it's been a whirlwind. I mean, more sleep deprivation than I ever experienced in in design school. Really? Dang. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, consecutive. It's not like, you know, in design school you would maybe pull one or two all nighters yeah. in a row. This is like every night for two weeks. But it's not. You know, it's just. Uh, you know, you're waking up periodically throughout the night, obviously, so that the baby can eat. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, you know, she's so cute that it, that it's all worth it in the end. Um, well, but, uh, I think people want to know, know her name. Can we disclose that? Uh, I guess we can dox my daughter. No, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, her name it's is up to you. I, yeah, no, her name is his Clara Glenn Connors. Um, beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, she's, yeah, she is, a she's a little cutie and, and, you know, thankfully we have, um, Allison's parents here with us. They've, they've been in town for the past month. Um, I get, or maybe a little bit more than a month. 
um, because her brother also had had a had a second kid. Um, so we've got two. Uh, we've got during the past two weeks. Uh, no, no, no. This was this was a month before our daughter was born. Okay. Um, that's still pretty close. Yeah. So I mean, and that's one of the reasons that we moved out to LA was so that we would be around. You know, we would be around family. We'd have some cousins around. Um, while yeah. uh, you know our kids are growing up. But uh, yeah, so um, Allison's parents are in town and they have been an absolute godsend um, watching, you know, watching her for us while we take turns napping during the day and going out and, and shopping for us, getting, you know, sort of essential supplies for us. Like, I That's don't awesome. know what we would do without them. And, and of course, Allison has been, you know, just amazing throughout this whole experience um it's uh you know it's it's a it's a big deal what she went through and she just did it with such grace um so yeah it's uh it's been amazing it's been an amazing experience are you coming are you like are you feeling like you're back i'm sure like for the first week it was just like you were completely out of it and i don't think i i think i might have like texted you or something or like maybe you texted me like a week after after you had your daughter and it was like it was like i'm sure that you were just like full obsessed and focused have you like come back yeah a little bit uh i've come back a little a little bit it's definitely it's definitely gotten we've gotten into somewhat more of a rhythm okay um with things um but uh I don't know that I'm back or ever will be back fully. I have no idea. I mean, this is always going to be, you know, there were priorities in my life prior to this and, and now there's obviously a new priority. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what things, what things are like, uh, going forward. For sure. I mean, that, that's what I'm most interested in just seeing, seeing seeing perspectives change you know yeah because i know i definitely know when you have a kid life changes for sure and i'm curious how how that'll play into design because you know we yeah. always are in love with design but now you have a kid and it's like well design is just a thing you know yeah well i but. think i think it's something that we've talked about um in episodes past about sort of like not letting not letting the work and design fully consume you and and yeah. kind of being regimented about your design work like you know especially when you're in school i know it can be difficult but trying to be very dedicated to to having a a, a schedule for getting in the studio getting things accomplished and getting out of the studio um so i think that this is just a, this is just another thing where it's going to, I th- I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that it's going to make me more of a focused designer when I'm at work doing work. Um, you know, like I said, just because priorities are going to be changing. And so there's just not as much time to, as my dad would call it, fiddle fart. There's, there's my, no dad, time- my dad would, my dad would say dilly dally. Yeah. So No, I I I definitely see that for sure. But uh but anyway, um that's 
that's about it. Uh, but I, I can see your new baby in the background, Nick. That must have been really difficult to uh, birth. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, making some DIY chairs. If you're watching the YouTube, you can see in the back. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, I'm back in the studio now. Um, my interns helping me out as well. So that's exciting. And you got, you got I, your intern. I do. Yeah. I believe last episode we chatted, we were discussing how I picked my intern and now they're here. Um, and, and so what is their, what is their name? Uh, her name's Zoe. Um, okay. I, I haven't asked her if I should say her name on the podcast but i'll just leave it at that maybe she's she's probably gonna edit this so uh maybe yeah we can why, why don't you credit at the beginning yeah say her name and and her and give a shout out to her socials i mean um I, I i will do that i just i need to uh discuss that uh with her first <laughs> um uh but yeah she's been helping out editing the podcast um and helping out in projects around the studio, so it's exciting. It's kind of a first first step in my management skills too. So I'm like checking in, like trying to figure out if I'm doing a good job or not. Um, yeah, but it's a you know a new a new endeavor for me. Yeah, I'll um, you she can she can direct all of her complaints to me, and uh, <laughs> and I'll let you know. How you're doing as a manager? I feel like you'll, you'll be like the HR. Yeah, I'm. I am the HR. I'm your HR for sure. Oh, sweet! I like that free free yeah. HR service. I'm I'm on board. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've also been building my chair. I I guess I don't even know if I had started this project last time we talked, but had uh, inspiration to build a DIY chair mainly because I had been sitting in my strap chair while I was quarantined for three months and it's, it's a flat base and it was terrible to, to sit in. Um, so I was like, Oh, what if I could curve the base? Um, so yeah, I, have been playing around with that. I've been just curving it with two screws. Uh, it's just a plywood sheet and you just screw it down curved, uh, which is kind of illegal. (laughs) Illegal. Normally like, yeah, you know, normally when you have bent plywood, you have like layers and glue and vacuum forms and things and fancy equipment like the the Eames did for all their bent plywood stuff. But I'm just doing it good old uh, janky drywall screws, you know? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I feel like that's in the spirit of that's in the DIY spirit. So I don't think exactly. there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not going to call any sort of authorities on you. Um, but uh but it's super interesting. I'm curious about the comfort. How how do you do? Does it enhance the comfort quite a bit? It does, especially the back. When the back's curved, mm. it it definitely feels a lot better than just a flat surface. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's I'm probably gonna release the plans online, and then I also, um, I think by the time this episode releases, the competition will be over. But I. Uh, teamed up with my friend and fellow designer Eric Trine mm-hmm. to do this competition and kind of uh, motivate other people to build their own DIY chairs. So yeah. I've been seeing a lot of amazing chairs come out. Um, and Eric Trine is an awesome designer too. I, I can't recall if we mentioned him on the past podcast, but check check him out as well. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... 
I think right now is the perfect time for people to be looking around their house for scraps to uh, to yeah. fashion into a chair. It's a good like calming activity too. It's always fun to build stuff. Yeah, it feels really accomplishing. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, Nick, we are here today for an explicit purpose. Um, legend has it that uh, do you know Jimmy Design on YouTube? Oh, I, I am not. I, I, I'm not. I'm just not as big on the YouTube scene as I should be. I I am. I am definitely the YouTube ambassador for the Minor Details podcast. Um, yes. But Jimmy Design is um, he's an industrial designer on YouTube. Um, he does themed videos. Um, he actually, I'm pretty sure he lives in Los Angeles or at least in, in the surrounding area. Um, I've definitely been meaning to reach out to him. Um, obviously right now things are difficult because you can't say like, Hey, let's grab a beer. Let's grab a coffee. Um, you could say, Hey, let's go grab a mask or I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, he, um, he put together this video uh, on his channel, uh, that was the industrial design seven question challenge. Um, I don't know if it was a challenge at the time that he posted it, but he then approached, uh, design plus Morna, um, and said, Hey, we have shouted up. We shouted up Morna before. Yeah, we have. Okay. Um, and so she's also, yeah, she's cool. a, also, a uh, a, a, an industrial designer on YouTube who uh, does themed videos. She's a design educator as well as a practicing industrial designer. Um, so yeah, Jimmy approached her um, to help to help him create this video challenge. And the goal of this is to um, build the ID community on YouTube. Um, That's awesome. I think it's, it's- not. I wish there was more YouTube content for sure. Yeah. You know? And it, I mean, you know, you look at the, the community on Instagram and the community on Instagram is, is so, so big and connected and, and interactive. Um, but when it comes to YouTube, people feel maybe a bit more siloed. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's a really, I think it's a really great thing that they're doing that uh yeah that they've come up with here and there's a lot of uh friends of the pod and hopefully future friends of the pod that are going to be involved in this like um we've got reed schlegel in there the king we've got will gibbons um spencer from sketch a day sam does design um and uh there's some there's some people in here that i don't that i don't know that i don't recognize and so i'm i'm excited to get to know their channels as well um, so basically the idea is, um, so we are, you know, we're part- participating in this industrial design seven question challenge. Um, and we're going to have in the description of this video, there are going to be links to all of these other channels. And so that's how this connection is going to be made between all the channels, um, is through these, through these links. So, uh, you know, when you listen to this, when you watch this, scroll down, um, check out the links to these other channels. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to, we are going to 
read off and answer each of these seven questions. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so for, for your, for your listening pleasure and, uh, and yeah, in the process, build up this community on YouTube of industrial designers. So let's, uh, shall we get started, Nick? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm going to read the question. I'm going to read the question. Is this rapid fire? Then, uh, it's take, take as long and, or as short as you want. Okay. Um, question number one, uh, uh, how, how many pages of a PDF portfolio should you put on Behance? Exactly. No, I'm, negative. I'm, I'm kidding. Take them I'm down. Kidding. Zero. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. That was just a, that was just a, a test. That was a dry don't run. You, um, don't you guys ever put a PDF on Behance? You know, <laughs> you know how, how I feel about that. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Uh, question number one, um, industrial design is a fairly uncommon field. How did you discover it? Ah, uh, yes. The discovery question. I kind of feel like these are like trivia questions almost. These, yeah. The way you're, the way you're, you're announcing them. Question I have, number one. I have been thinking about this as, as a way that I want to ask these questions to future interviewees, but I want to, I want to ask them when they were bitten by a radioactive industrial designer. Because they, it always sounds like a superhero origin story. Well, how did you discover design? Uh, but uh, but go ahead. How did yeah, you discover I, it, Nick? I mean, it was when I was in high school, probably like junior or senior year of high school, looking to places to apply to college, and I didn't like people said I should be like an engineer, um, and so like I started looking at engineering. And then also some other like media, like creative things. I think I might have looked into graphic design. And then I also remember looking into like game development and app development. Um, and then at some point I discovered this other major, industrial design. And then I was like, oh, okay. I think that <laughs> that's, that's for me. So it was just probably some brochure or some website that I popped up on. Nice. Yeah, for me, it was, um, I guess I, I guess I kind of knew about it when I was a little kid. Um, because my dad's company, uh, you know, he has a rotational molding company called Remcon Plastics in uh, Pennsylvania. He hired industrial designers. And when I was really little, I was like sketching, uh, like my first bits of sketching um, when I started to draw in sketchbooks were sketches of inventions. Nice. And, um, and I'm pretty Do you remember sure what your inventions were. Oh God, there's some really terrible, like there, I, I think they were all kind of like school related inventions. There was like a backpack that had like a jet pack on it. There was like, and I think it. I I think I have a picture of it. And there's like a claw coming out of it. That like, <laughs> I think I called it like a bully helper, or something. Oh, interesting. It's to I guess to move bullies out of your way as you're walking down the hallway. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but I, my dad. I I'm pretty sure I remember my dad bringing me into his company and introducing me to his industrial designer. Um, but, you know. 
that memory kind of faded and I went through so many different phases of like what I wanted to do as yeah. so many people do. I'm curious how many people I did you ever want to be a paleontologist? Did you were you ever really into uh, dinosaurs? Not paleontology, but um what about uh, marine biology? No, no, no. I definitely wanted to be an archaeologist, not paleontologist. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other like jobs I wanted to do as a kid. I can't remember. Yeah, I would love to see a list of like just everybody on the Discord. We we need to get people just the list of what you wanted to do in what order as you were growing up. Um, but when it came time to go to college, I thought I I was really into film, um, and and like filmmaking with friends, and so I thought. I might want to go into advertising because I felt like it was kind of this balance of like being creative, but also being like kind of practical and, and like, and creative problem solving. But I had also, I, I'd also had some curiosity about industrial design from working at the toy store that I'd worked at as a teenager. Um, but, uh, I went, I ended up going into, um, I ended up going to advertising, but later on in college, I met somebody who was an industrial designer. They brought me down into the studio. And that's when I like kind of really discovered what industrial design was just mm. by like talking to them and also seeing the studio space. I was like, that was where it all clicked. And I was like, this right. is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so anyway. That's interesting. So you started as an advertising major. I actually, well, yeah. <laughs> So I I wanted I wanted to do advertising, but Virginia Tech didn't offer it, uh, and so I ended up just being a film major, mm. um, and so I did that for yeah two years, um, but just really just really didn't enjoy it. The film department at at Virginia Tech was was kind of I don't know they they were so much more focused on documentary filmmaking, and I think if I were to try to get into filmmaking, I wanted to do something a bit more you know, fiction based. Nice. Um, so, so anyway, but, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my long story. Um, but yeah, it's really my dad who was the one who introduced me to the concept of industrial design. Um, so that's anyway. awesome. Should I read the second question? Yeah, sure. All right. Question two, how do you explain your job to those who don't know about industrial design? Um, you see, uh, have you ever seen a factory and, and ever wanted to know how they got built? Uh, well, we design them. Uh, we no, design I, factories, people. <laughs> um, I, I always, well, here's the thing is whenever I say industrial design, I immediately follow it by saying I design products, but interesting, but now now that product design, I mean, I don't know how many people in sort of the general pop populace, I don't know how many muggles there are that that uh, that hear the word product design and, and think UX UI because now they've co-opted that oh my term. Gosh, I, well, I just love how we just equated industrial design to wizard wizardry. Yeah, well, it was actually it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? It was actually one of my one of my friends in college who made that comparison because he was like 
because because uh, like did you get one of the things that we had to get for for school was like a trunk we had to like buy a trunk to like keep all of our stuff in for a suitcase like, no like like one of those like hard plastic like hardware trunks so that you could put it under your desk where you could keep all of your supplies like a toolbox i'm talking about what was like, it called i'm a I'm trunk a trunk i'm talking i don't ab- think this is a american word this is not what do you think i'm canadian like some... you think i'm a secret canadian uh no it's like it's like one of those it's it's uh it's, it's like a big box it's like it, have you ever seen like a gigantic yeti cooler it's like something yeah, of that yeah. size but it's like it's on wheels um and it's and it's for storing it's you know it's for your garage for like storing tools and things but basically it was like a requirement for us in entering design school it was like where you would keep all of your supplies under your desk and so it was not unlike harry potter having his you know trunk going to school uh and we were like going underground like literally virginia tech the studio was underneath the ground so it was like kind of like secretive and um but yeah that's he he made that observation i thought that was kind of funny but yeah um yeah i always say i always say i design products and then if people are like still confused they're like oh like an engineer because i because sometimes you get that response and it's like no you know i i kind of focus on like aesthetics and usability um of of products and uh and then like i'll maybe list off some things that i've designed Right. So it's not it's never a clear cut answer. You can't just say industrial design to somebody and they go, Oh, no more questions. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh yeah. what about I you, mean, Nick? I, I think uh I usually do something similar where it's like, Yeah, I'm an industrial designer, uh I design physical things. Sometimes I'll follow it up with like do you know how graphic designers design logos? Well, industrial designers design physical products like chairs. Um, or mm. I sometimes do the arch- architectural uh, analogy. You know how like architects design buildings? Well, industrial designers design products or physical things. Yeah. So that's usually how I go about it. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a quick story here about one of my professors in college, Ed Dorsa. Um, and apparently when he was applying to be a professor at Virginia Tech... It's it, the the industrial design department was in the architecture department, um, you know, was in the architecture school, and so the uh, architects it, interviewing him said, "Where do you see the relationship between architecture and industrial design?" And his response was, "You guys keep the rain off my products," <laughs> which I thought was I thought That's was good. great. It's a very like Ed Dorsa answer. Um. But, uh, okay, question three. Let's do it. Question three. What inspirations have developed your industrial design style? Mm. Mm. Yeah, now, now we're getting some, to some juicy questions here. Juicy. Um, I mean, the thing about industrial design style is, like, it's, it's something that kind of forms naturally, I find. I know, like, in school, it was always this thing of, like, oh, what style do you want to do? Or how do you want to 
fit, you know, how do you want your style to be? And you kind of try to copy something, but at the end of the day, it kind of morphs into all of the past experience and projects that you've kind of put together. I mean, I think my style is very kind of clean, simple, but also clever, fun. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from Nata Fukusawa. Jasper Morrison was a good inspiration for me. I found Jasper Morrison out after I left college. Um, I mean, those are the two big inspirations for my style, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is there, well, I don't want to jump ahead here, but is there a specific, like, motivating factor to the way that you design? Um, you know, I think when I was in school, one of my very first studio projects, the Tilting Light, which I know we've talked about before, um, that entire project was about understanding a designer's philosophy, Mm. not necessarily their aesthetic, but their philosophy, and then using that philosophy to to design a product. And so I chose not to Fukusawa, which I guess eventually just resonated with me and always stuck with me, which is kind of funny because I think back at that moment of just like picking a random designer because you're in school. It's like your first project. You don't know all these people. The only person you know is Dita Rams. And then the rest of them are like, who is Ross Lovegrove? What? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I, uh, I think actually I think my professor recommended that I should pick not to Fukusawa, but um yeah, I, I think I just really resonated with the the simplicity, but also the delightfulness of it, and have been continuing on that that uh, style ever since. And then I think at a certain point, when I uh, started looking into Jasper Morrison, my friend Gabo gave me one of Jasper Morrison's books, and I read the book, and it kind of changed my style a lot. I think before. I was all about this like super clever, super kind of whimsical, like kind of crazy design um, where it's like, oh man, how can we make this thing multifunctional? And like Mm. every single thing is like a new, like, you know, how do I add all these pieces together, make a bottle opener that's a wine cork, but also a sculpture. And it's like, I think at a certain point I was too far out there and Jasper Morrison really brought it back. And I think it's a nice balance between those two of, you know, his design philosophy is all about letting a product just be a product. Um, it's all about this idea of super normal, like what is just a normal object and that's how an object should be. It's, it's a, it gets a little up in the clouds at some points, but that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. No, that's you? great. Well, I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of constantly trying to figure out what exactly my style is <clears throat> or or how to describe it. I would say that I I strive for um I strive for products that I would say are sophisticated yet playful. Um you know, I I like to think about like somebody somebody in a suit but they open up the suit and the lining of the suit is like a floral like this crazy floral pattern. It's like completely normal looking and then you look inside and it's something you like get a sense of the personality. Like I, um, 
but I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's something that I'm still kind of searching for, um, in some ways, but I, but like you said, I think that there's probably, I probably have a style that is, that is constantly emerging, but you know, I'm, it's not necessarily always a conscious pursuit. It's just what sort of feels right to the project and feels right to me as I'm doing it. I think I have a style of an approach to design um, that that attempts to be very fluid um, and um, and thoughtful uh, and also playful. But, uh, you know, I think there's there's some there is some overlap between our styles um yeah and and there's but there's definitely some you know some divergences um but uh but yeah is there any designers that you think influenced your style oh gosh i think i mean a a big one for me in college i mean fuse project was was really big in college Mm. um so eve bahar definitely has had some influence on me because I do feel like there is sort of a sophisticated playfulness to Fuse Project's work. Um, yeah. And and by that same token, I think also Benjamin Hubert, when I was in college, um, I, I uh, discovered his work. Um, he had, he just, at that point, he didn't have layer layer was not a studio yet. It was just under his own name and he was doing mostly furniture, but I was really intrigued by his style and his process forward approach and his, and his, um, and his thoughts around the collaboration and, and kind of like, cause for me, I was never going to be the design, like uh design builder design maker really i feel like collaboration for me is kind of essential to my work and so um i was really interested in the way that he was engaging um collaboration with manufacturers to do really interesting work so i think yeah i think those are the the big ones for me yeah i can see their influence for sure yeah um Okay, so uh, next question. Yeah, next question. Is it my is it my turn to ask? I think it's your your turn to ask. All right, number four. Which company would you love to design a product for? Ooh, um, you know, I've I've been uh, another thing that I've been doing a lot of recently is kind of like diving back into my past and my and and like products that were influential to me to getting into design. Um, because before you knew about any designers, like I, I didn't know about a single designer before I got into industrial design, but I was familiar with products. And of course, um, you know, working at the toy store, I got really into toys and a company that I I've been thinking about recently that I would love to design something for, or even like an entire line for, or maybe even redesign their branding um is duncan yo-yo uh oh a yo-yo company yeah that's a cool one that's an underrated underrated place for design i feel like no one really has thought about yo-yos and from a design standpoint yeah there's um you know there's a lot of there's sort of a there's sort of like 
opposite ends of the spectrum. There's like there's really expensive like machined aluminum yo-yos for professionals, and then there's just yeah. sort of like really, really cheapo, um, kind of plastic yo-yos. There there are some there are some things in between, but I would love to take like a teenage engineering like Rama Works, like type of approach to yo-yo design and just like yeah. just make something that's just um that really celebrates the 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 uh the product itself um and is sort of modular maybe in some ways um but uh but just like i don't know duncan and a lot of yo-yo companies they they kind of they're stuck in like a certain era. They're kind of stuck in that era where the last yeah. big yo-yo craze was, which I guess was like kind of the '90s. Um, I mean, and you know, the '90s are kind of coming back. Um, but I it's think it's prime it, time. I think it would be cool. I remember after college calling up Duncan, like to see if they hired industrial designers, and I think it was just all engineers. I think it was engineers and they just hmm. like they hired graphic designers to brand the different yo-yos but i don't think industrial designers really yeah. were were hired there um but yeah i think that would be a really cool company to do something for what about you nick i think you said my answer you mentioned it um well i, I have many answers but uh i was thinking about teenage engineering would be awesome to design for mm. um you know, I I have a few of their products, and it's just like really cool aesthetic and and language. Um, and then another thing I'd love to design. This is not a company, but kind of like the underrated design thing, uh, like the yo-yos. I would love to design a mini golf course. Do eight eighteen nice. holes, all different. Like I don't know what it would be. I don't know if I'd do contraptions or if it would be like super minimal. Who knows what it would be? But I think. There's so many like fun, clever things to do on a golf mini golf course. So that would be sweet. That would definitely be sweet. Um, I hope you get the opportunity to do that someday, and I would love to take my kids there. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so number five. Uh, what is your go-to industrial design program, and why? Um. I mean, this is pretty easy for me. I think the my favorite program is Gravity Sketch, VR sketching. Mm. Uh, I think it's just a really powerful tool to iterate and get your concepts out there in three dimensions, um, way way faster than any CAD program. Uh, but you know, classic pen and paper is always important as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, doing a lot of work in Apple notes. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, just for the pure simplicity of it, it eliminates, it eliminates the complexity of having a bunch of tools out. Um, or yeah, it's just like diving into any sort of CAD software. It's just like a great, I've talked about it before, but. I love the infinite scroll of 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 the notes and also just being able to access them on my computer or on my phone. Um, and uh, I just love 
I don't know. I love I love something low tech that's that's powerful. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, oh, next next, next question. question. All right, uh, let's see. Number six, what do you dislike most about an industrial design? Oh, this is a hard one. Oh, so it's what do you dislike most about the industry itself? I don't know. I mean, I I think you probably take it however you want to take it. Yeah, that's a really tough one. Um, I think, I mean, I think one thing that I kind of dislike about it is, is the, is having to justify it. Interesting. Because I feel like we're still, we're still kind of in an era where some people are getting, are, are getting, um, getting the memo about industrial design and how significant it is. But I think there's, there is some difficulty in justifying in like being providing the industrial design service for a company. Uh, what are you, what are you laughing about? I'm Nick? laughing because your answer is the exact opposite of mine. <laughs> oh no. Um, I, I think that's interesting. What do you, uh, I, what so what do you think well it's not necessarily the exact opposite but it's kind of like a i i do agree with you um that i wish people valued industrial design more but my point my my thing that i dislike um is the fact that i think we think too highly of industrial design. I think it is, mm. I think there's a lot of designers out there that feel like it is this like God sent kind of, uh, you know, mission. Um, and I, I think that is not necessarily the right way to pr- portray industrial design. Um, that's what I, that's, yeah. I think that's something no, I, I think, just, like, I think, both, I mean, we could, we could I, I give like the boring answers. True. But, I think both right, things right. can be both true, things are true, but know? they're like on the on the sides. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, because I because I just feel like um, I feel like a lot of people right now in a lot of different industries are are sort of thinking like my industry can change the world. Yeah. I, I remember maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe uh, maybe it is is it a design problem. Or people think that there's a design problem that can be solved to change the world, and I, I, you know, I mean, I hate, I hate to dissuade anybody who has aspirations to change the world from from trying to do so. Like there's that Steve Jobs quote: "The people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do." Right. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that. Um, I would just love to see more opportunities for industrial designers um, because it is it's it's a, it's not always an easy field to get into. And there are so many people out there who have something to contribute. Um, and now, you know, it's interesting now because we have kind of these alternative routes of, you know, we have the startup culture, but we also have like, you know, you could do a YouTube channel. You could do, you know, look at what what Seth Fowler has done. He's essentially bypassed um, 
the the typical trajectory of a shoe designer by by doing a YouTube channel of sh- of sneaker reviews, and now he's designing sneakers. Um, yeah, that's you interesting. Know, so like that's that's something that uh, I think is really interesting in the modern age. And also, there's things like Kickstarter. You could just go and do a Kickstarter instead of having to find an industrial design job. But I do I do wish that that in the minds of people who are setting up an organization or a company in, in thinking about um, the, the types of people that they need, that industrial designer would be uh, on that list. If they're, if they're considering making something that's a, that's a hard good, that industrial designer yeah. would come top of mind. And I think that's that area where industrial design is not really well known as an industry. Um, but then Definitely. if they, but then if they found us, they would found that our heads are huge and we think we're more important than we, th- than we actually are. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. I think both of our points are just on the ends, right? It's like, you're saying we should value industrial design more or the industry should value industri- the, the outside industry should value it more. And I'm saying we need to think less highly of ourselves well, so we're like it's, right in the middle. Yeah, well, it's on one end, it's like I'm talking about how the industry should perceive us. And on right. your end, you're talking about how we should perceive ourselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's interesting. Um, that's a good question. We're, we're coming up on our last question here, Nick. Uh, last one. Here we go. This is it. Uh, what makes... Uh, an industrial design good. Hmm. Yes, the uh, the golden question. If we only knew this, we'd all be <laughs> we'd all be perfect. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think obviously it varies per designer and per project and everything. I think for me. I think a good design is something that is thoroughly thought through and hopefully adds a bit of value to the user's life. I don't know if good industrial design for me necessarily entails like invisible design. You know how like I think there's the quote of a great design is one that the user never even thinks about. Mm. That's not, I mean, that's, I guess this is more of like a, a style thing again, going back to the style question. I think it's something that the user should be excited and delighted to use. Um, whereas opposed to not even thought about, I don't know. It, it's, it varies widely depending on the project for sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think on a basic level I think like a well, it's like it's like what makes a design good and what makes a design great. And it's like what makes a design good for me is is that it does it's it functions in the intended way. Yeah. How am I trying to how am I trying to say this? 
it does one thing really well. I think, I, I mean, mm. I think, um, I, I really, you, you were talking about sort of like the multifunctional sort of design. And yeah. I remember when we were, when I was working, um, at lifetime brands, we would always be thinking like, okay, what could we, could we add anything to this to make it, to make it better? They call that a plus one. Um, so like for instance, if you have a can opener and you add a bottle opener feature to it, that would be a plus one. Nice. Oh yeah. Nice, man. What's funny about that is I always thought the can openers had bottle openers on them because the can opener I had growing up had a bottle opener. Um, but that turns out not to be the case. Um, but, uh, I think a lot of them. Yeah, do. it's a it's a very easy move to make because literally you're just cutting out a bit of material to create that hook for the bottle opener. I think the bottle opener is the most common plus plus one thing. Yeah, because I remember even even back when I was like interning, I remember like adding bottle openers to things that it didn't need to dog need toys. Like, I think I had like a no. Uh, this is like when I was interning, but it was a pet project. I think I had designed a dog collar that had a oh bottle opener. Oh my god! Just a sketch. Just a sketch. It never made it yeah. through. Calm down. Oh, guys. I re- I remember. Do you remember right sandals that had bottle openers on the bottom? I think they're still making them. Yeah. It's. Yeah. yeah. Or like, I, I there's this one designer that like made a spinning top that has a bottle opener. It's oh, so dumb. Oh yeah, that guy. The worst. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I really love products that do one thing really, really well. Um, and also of course I, there's, um, an aesthetic quality that I want them to have. And that aesthetic quality can vary from product to product, depending on what I'm looking for. Um, because like, it's something that I found when when um, Alice and I first moved in together. We were we were fine figuring out products that we wanted to to populate our home with, and it's like some things you want to be invisible, and right. some things you want to stand out. Like there is this mixture, and so I think yeah, I think like uh, like you're saying, a good design can vary depending on what you are requiring of that design to do. And sometimes you're requiring that design to stand out in a way that is aesthetic um, as well as being functional. Um, And some products you want to blend into the background. And I think that comes down to personal preference. And that's what's great about having a marketplace of design is that you have the options uh, available to you to decide yeah. I want an invisible design or I want a statement. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think good, the parameters for what is good design will vary from project to project. Um, but I think at a, at a bare minimum, it has to be aesthetic in the realm in which you're designing and it has to function, uh, it has to function well as you know, those are kind of bare minimum. So sure. yeah, that is that. So that's the seven question challenge. Um, so again, that's awesome. uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was fun. Do we, 
do we get to challenge anyone else? Is this like a game of telephone? We can no. challenge our listeners to just put it in the Discord or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would love to hear other people's stories for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think, I think uh, the idea is is that these videos um, made by all of these creators are going to drop on the same day. Oh, with, and they're going to all they're all going to be linked to one another. So that'll be okay. Uh, Monday, June 29th. Um, so, Oh man. So we got to release this. Yeah. Soon. We got to edit. Yeah. We got to, well, we, yeah, we got to edit it kind of quick. Um, but, um, but yeah, so this, uh, they'll all be launched at the same day. Everybody's description will have links to the other, um, YouTube channels, the other creator YouTube channels. And, um, and so that we can, you know, really uh figure out and and um strengthen this youtube community of industrial designers Um, yeah that's awesome i would love i would love the youtube to be a bigger thing in industrial design i've always had this dream of having like a a a vlogging style youtube channel where you would vlog the entire design process from like idea and like you would go to the factory and get it made and everything um, yeah, I mean, I, I know Sam does design has done a little bit of that. I think that's the closest person I've seen do it. Yeah. But... Well, I think the thing that you and I have found through doing this is that there is there's a there's a shallowness uh, across the board when it comes to Instagram. Yeah, because it's you know, it's image based and it's sort of statement based and it's not really a place for conversations and what I love about YouTube and YouTube channels is that I feel like you really get to know someone. Definitely. You like, you really get to know a a specific type of, you know, you like, I find creators all the time where I'm like, Oh man, like I love this stuff. This is such a, like a weird niche thing that this person's doing. Like recently I've been watching, this guy called the retro future who does game boy modifications. That's awesome. And like refurbishes old game boys. Yeah. And I like, I love this. Like I love his style. I love his personality and, and like what he's doing. It's such a, it's so much fun that like in this era of media, like, you know, you are exposed to so many different types of media personalities than you ever would have been in any prior area where uh era um is when this it would have been like somebody dictating who goes on television yeah you know sure. who gets a movie made is this game boy modder is this his full-time job uh it seems like it that's pretty crazy like he he it's it's so it's uh like maybe this will be our shout out for <laughs> i don't i don't know Although this video is supposed to be connecting the industrial design community, um, <laughs> but he, the one of the projects that he did, to, well, he does he has these two projects that I thought were really funny. He took a he took an old original Game Boy and made it really long, like like a lo- a foot it's a long, it's a long so this, boy. So the screen the screen is like you know up here the buttons are down here, um, and the other thing that he did was take a one of those Nintendo DSs that's kind of like the laptop form. Oh yeah, you know it's like mm-hmm. the folding one, and he added a second screen to it, 
So, what? but it just like plays the same thing. Oh my god! It's gosh. just two screens playing the same thing. But, um, but yeah, I love stuff like that, and that's that's what I love about YouTube is like, you can get really into somebody's work, but you can also really, um, find personalities and people to connect with. Um, whereas I feel like sometimes Instagram that can be kind of lost. Yeah, for sure. In a way, definitely because it's so. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, so I'm really excited to be a part of this challenge. I want to thank design plus Morna for inviting us and for, uh, Jimmy design for starting this. Yeah. Thanks um, guys. And, uh, yeah, like we said, check, check out the, uh, the links in the description to, uh, to other creators, uh, on YouTube and, uh, go give them a follow, um, subscribe. And uh, if you're not already to our channel, subscribe, like. If you click on that little bell icon below the video, you'll get a notification when a new video comes up. Also, um, I have a crispy video set up this week. I don't have like a crappy webcam, so gotta look at the YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, I think that's I think that's it, Nick. Um, but. It's been great catching up. My, I might have to vanish for another <laughs> month. I understand for sure. Um, yeah, um, we're gonna have. We still have some uh, interviews on on backlog too. So uh, excited to get those out eventually, at some point. Yeah. But um. All right, man. Well, it was great seeing you and great talking with you and uh, and doing this seven question challenge with you. Definitely it was fun. And uh, as always, I'm at Nick P Baker. I'm at I Draw Receipts. Peace. Later.